You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Spice stuff. <laughs> Spice Bud Light Seltzer. That'll probably be a thing. Good evening, Blue Jay Sands, and welcome to the All Pumpkin Spice Hour with Brendan <laughs> Panikar and, of course, there. Oh, sorry, this is Jaybird watching. <laughs> As Adam's buying out every Tim Hortons on the side of the country and Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> pumpkin spice stuff already. It's barely August, Adam. Come on. Hold on. Hold on. I, can, I can justify this. So my wife's always, anytime I buy it in August, I don't use it. I don't burn it. I don't eat it, anything. And my wife's like, it's so early. I'm like, I need to buy it now so I have it for September 1st because once you hit a burn month, it's officially fall. So yeah, like August 31st. I'm stealing that. Yeah. August 31st, you're chilling in your shorts on the side of the beach and then September 1st, you're automatically in a sweater. I don't care what the <laughs> weather is. You're, you have a, either a blazer on or a sweater and you're drinking pumpkin spice lattes. I will fight yeah. anyone. <laughs> it's basically fall the way it's been over here in Rochester, New York, the last three weeks. It's been it is the hottest day it's been over here in Rochester, and I think it's been the same thing over the lake on the uh, for the Toronto side. The highest we've gotten is 75 degrees because of all yeah. the fires and all that kind of stuff with all the dust and everything in the air, and it's just been a crazy, awkwardly nice on this side of the country for July, but I'm okay with it. So... To your point, Adam, well, I won't interrupt your buying of pumpkin spice everything. No, no, I'm good. I loaded up the cart. I'm good. (laughs) I just need my wife's credit card. No, I'm kidding. Yes, yes. (laughs) Cindy. Can I borrow your credit card? card. Yeah. Best season ever. Fight me. So, anyways, I guess we might as well continue this idea of shopping sprees as we are going to talk Toronto Blue Jays baseball here during the game tonight. So Blue Jays fans, if you're listening to the show, first off, we're brought to you by Stadium Scene TV. Make sure you check out stadiumscene.tv and see how our friends are doing on all the other wonderful outlets for Stadium Scene. 
And to that point, like I said, we're going to talk Blue Jays' triumphant return this evening, and we're going to talk all these wonderful things that we got on the trade deadline that just made this homestand that we all of a sudden had that little bit much more extra. It made it kind of feel like a, that extra special occasion, almost like a holiday or quoting on this show, the best reopening day ever, right? So let's dive into some of these trades first. I want to talk about the little ones first, and then I figure we're going to spend the biggest time on our wonderful new starting pitcher. Guys, we got Brad Hand for more or less a couple of rookies, right? Brad Hand coming into this bullpen. I don't think the Blue Jays fans yet in his first two outings have had a chance to see what Brad Hand really can be. But this is another veteran left-hander that is joining our bullpen that is hopefully going to help us down the stretch here and run into this ridiculous uh, you know, streak that we have to really get on to get into the wild card situation. I'm going to let Mr. Corsair start off this evening. How do you feel this Brad Hand move uh, for overall helps the Blue Jays in this bullpen situation? Well, he can't be any worse than what the Blue Jays had in the bullpen. <laughs> I mean, um, look, the Blue Jays had their eye on Brad Hand since the offseason. I remember being on the show talking about the, the possible acquisition of Brad Hand. And, you know, at the time it was just a bullpen piece and we didn't want to overpay. Uh, it turns out we're still, what are we paying? Just six and a half million of his salary or thereabouts? Um, That's compared to what he could have been. Yeah, I think he signed with Washington for 10 uh, or thereabouts. I don't know. Um, but look, not the greatest of debuts. And I know we're going to get to the, to the series against Cleveland shortly, but, um, I think the blue Jays are just trying to feel it out and to see where he fits in, in the relief role, what uh, role he's going to have. Um, he might not be the one that you want to use to close out games. Um, I sort of assumed that maybe Romano would be jumped down and hand would be your new closer. Maybe we should reverse it. Um, but all in all, it strengthens the bullpen. The numbers aren't outstanding. Um, they're a little bit worrisome. He has a pretty high walk rate and a low strikeout rate compared to a couple seasons ago. I think his strongest season was 2015, if I'm not mistaken. I just don't have it in front of me. Um, but it's better than what we had. And given the fact that we gave up Riley Adams for him, Riley Adams wasn't didn't have a future in this organization, really. Um, the catching so situation... Yeah, logjam there. Moreno is going to be the guy uh, when he's ready. And Kirk is obviously something that they find uh, valuable within the organization. I don't think Jansen or Reese have a future here. We can get into that if you want later. But all in all, you didn't really give up much. Uh, you have plenty of depth. You got to be happy with the signing. Or at the, the very least, you can't be unhappy with the signing. Yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. You can't be unhappy with it, given what you paid to get Brad Hand. I think the first two appearances for him, Blue Jays fans are seeing what he did in Washington. He can have one really decent or good appearance, and then he has a stinker. Um, fortunately, uh, I missed uh, his stinker appearance on Monday. I had had to leave to catch the train to get home because I was not uh, not living downtown anymore. I can't walk home. So uh, luckily, I missed the meltdown on Monday. Uh, yeah. To that point, it was rather spectacular. <laughs> yeah. It was spectacular when I could see it when I was trying to walk by some bars on the way to the subway and look inside, look at the TV and see what's going on. And I saw five, two. I'm like, oh, crap. But, uh, yeah, so we've seen good. We've seen bad. And that's what he did in Washington uh, so far this year. But at the very least, he just adds another veteran arm to the bullpen that can lengthen a little bit more. And I just don't think you're going to get dominant stuff, but you can get a guy who can get some quality outs in some pretty big situations or blow it epically. 
to that point, I still think we're going to get more good out of Brad Hand than we are going to get bad, especially when we really think of what this is doing to the bullpen as a whole, guys. This is pushing some of those guys that we were hoping to not really have in our bullpen, but got thrust into those roles, right? So this is where we're pushing Joel Piamps out of the rotate or out of the shuffle, right? Trent Thornton's even now dancing on the line, things like that, you know. So overall, you're getting that veteran arm in our bullpen that we really needed to have. And to that point, the guy that we were hoping to continue getting out of somebody like Tyler Chatwood, who was released officially today. So there's your other news tidbit. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, but to p- be paired with him. And unfortunately we got some bad news right before the show that this move isn't moved out to be as epically awesome at the moment anyways, but still could spell good success for the Toronto blue Jays. Excuse me. Um, Joaquin Soria is part of the trade deadline drama as well. This guy has been one of those guys that has always found a way to get outs and guys, he's really lost a step from one of the days when I remember enjoying watching him as a closer for the uh, Kansas city Royals. And he's just found a way to get outs in the bullpen and still found to be a very wily veteran and be able to get that. And I think this is a great sign for the Blue Jays to be able to get him in a trade to uh, just, like I said, continue pushing some of these, quote unquote, not as talented guys and replacing them with veterans. It's always great that, you know, you have those guys that come up in this situation, which we heard right before today, that Joaquin Soria is heading to the 10 day I.L., I don't know when they said the retroactive date was to that whole thing is I guess it was an injury, you know, basically since he's joined the team or whatever it was, maybe even while he was traveling. I have no idea. But to that point, it's another guy that we were just talking about. Do you think he's going to be one of those guys that helps make a big splash in this bullpen going forward? Brendan, that uh, once he comes back healthy. Yeah, totally. Um, to your point, Craig, about him being a pretty good closer when he was with Kansas City. Never, never a guy who has thrown overly hard, um, even less so now. And that's why he was a guy that I always remember being so frustrated at whenever the Blue Jays would face Joaquin Soria because I'm just like, why, why can't you hit him? Because he's kind of, he's kind of like, in a way, kind of like Casey Jansen, where they both don't throw overly hard, but they're super crafty, very good location. And Soria's curveball is absolutely a thing of beauty. Um, I think we saw a called third strike uh, on Monday's game when Soria pitched, I think, his only inning uh, with the Blue Jays so far before landing on the injured list. So... Yeah, it was a great, it was a nice little quick move. They were able to sneak in before the 4 p.m. deadline. And again, that's kind of like the Brad Hand move. It's one that you just, I don't know how you can be upset about it because it was just two players to be named later who we don't know yet. So I'm sure yeah. that will be completed in the offseason. And that'll be it. And yeah, hopefully Soria is only gone for the 10 days, maybe a little bit longer than that. And he comes back and just like Brad Hand, he just lengthens the bullpen a little bit more and can get some quality outs. Speaking of trade fun, Corey Dickerson, our recent other trade acquisition, that's finally a Toronto Blue Jay, just had a two-run double. Oh, yes. no, or did they call it? Yeah, they call it a double. Okay. So that's another fun thing right there. Teams overall improving, right? But do you guys with these t- – I'm going to let you continue going here, Adam, with this because uh, I think you know there's not much to be said too much on the Joaquin Soria, but with those two guys in our bullpen pushing the rest of the characters around and like we've been kind of seeing that Romano's still the guy – are you that much more confident in our bullpen going forward here that these games that we were coughing up beforehand might have a better chance of actually being locked down wins? I'm more confident than I was before the deadline. Um, I'm <laughs> How not, much more confident is the question, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not substantially more confident. Um, <laughs> I, I think that Soria, I feel like he's been on 
the Blue Jays' radar for years. Probably. Right? He was he was I think someone kind of like Jay Bruce, like Blue Jay legend <laughs> Jay Bruce. Like I feel like Joaquin Soria has been a Blue Jay legend that never was until now. Um, but I I know it's recency bias and whatnot. And Soria did have a good outing. Um, and to answer your question from before, it is retroactive yesterday. August 3rd, it's just middle finger inflammation. So hopefully it's not a blister because um, those can linger. But um, I don't think he has a history of blister injuries anyway. But um, I, I just, given what we saw on Monday, and that's really the only game that uh, the Blue Jays have coughed up. It's the only game they've lost since the trade deadline. Um, again, call it recency bias, but that was in the bag like that game should have been one and i know you're going into extras and i know it's bullpen management and again you're still trying to feel out where brad hand's supposed to be in your rotation but i need to see lockdown innings and you need to have these things managed correctly i'm not putting this one on montoyo um you can put it on a lot of things you know (laughs) i just can't like you can blame the whole runner on second thing you can blame the lack of offense they've had 10 innings to produce offensively and they really didn't um you can blame a lot of things but and again he was a new addition to the team so you're still trying to feel it out i'm more confident in the strength of their bullpen than i was uh on thursday we'll say because it it, it was a completely revamped bullpen it's completely different and they're not willing i guess to have guys that can't cough it up and like you said about trent thornton he might be on the fence i'm surprised he's still here um, Chatwood's gone. Uh, you know, it, I don't know. I think I, if Soria doesn't get hurt, he was probably not going to be staying around much longer. But Thor- maybe that's yeah, me. yeah. You're right. I, I I would I can agree with you there. Um, but he has ten days to to either prove it or not. And if he doesn't, there's no room for that. Um, we can't give up close games. Now again, these games against Kansas City and Cleveland. I mean you should be winning these anyway. It's the games against Boston and Tampa Bay that I'm really going to be evaluating. Those are your limits test? Yes, yes. Because that's the, you know, those are the teams that you have to get in front of. The Yankees, these are the teams that you have to get in front of in order to get to the postseason. And if your bullpen can't lock it down, you're not going to sniff the postseason. No, absolutely. My friend. So to that point, go ahead, sorry. Sorry, touch on one thing in relation to the trade deadline and revamping the bullpen, because Adam, you made that comment. Everybody, I know this. these trades happened three weeks or four weeks prior, but you can also kind of say Simber and Trevor mm-hmm. Richard were the deadline additions as well. Just the business got done early. And just in terms of revamping the bullpen, Adam Simber has been incredible. And so he's just been a, such a welcome addition to the bullpen. And Trevor Richards, uh, he's been okay. I think he's kind of like, you know what? He can get some outs. He's going to have a couple meltdowns. Uh, and go up some runs in some key spots, but Richards is still more than salvageable. So um, all four bullpen arms that they acquired uh, at this yeah. deadline uh, do nothing but help it. Yeah, to that point, I really think right now the basic line of talent level that we need to be shooting for with all these guys that we've mentioned here is you need to be better than Rafael Delis right now, and then you're gonna we're going to yes. look a lot good because right now he's the guy, in my opinion, that – if you didn't have the Trent Thorntons and whatnot going on, he's probably the guy that was really should probably be on the tipping point. And right now his talent could tip him in either direction. Could he become the guy that was basically a little bit decent for us down the stretch last year for the, you know, 
the COVID 29 or 2019 or 2020, you know, playoff push there. But to that point, is he going to, is he a real piece? So that point is now we don't have to rely on him as much as we were. He's a guy at the beginning of the season that was coughing up things for us in the eighth inning guys. Now he's more of that role player that, you know, like we saw last night, you already had a five run lead and you just throw him out there to keep him right and hope that he does find some of that form back. But to that point now, hopefully with Simber and all these guys taking the, you know, the real innings that we need people to perform, it makes it that much better. And I really think that it puts the whole thing in perspective that now you have Romano as your lockdown guy and you guys can, uh, you know, debate me any way you want in this conversation. But then you really have Simber as your next guy, maybe paired closely with Brad Hand and then Soria and company when this is the quote unquote ideal bullpen, right? Probably. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I would I would assume Romano is going to remain the closer. And you, I, like you just said, you're a lockdown guy. I don't think you need to to mess with that sort of chemistry. Um I think you're right. I think Simber Simber is like your Brett Cecil from 2015. That's a good um, yeah. yeah, he he's I mean this he's the kind of guy that you reasonably worse without somebody like Simber. That was probably yes. one of the sneakiest moves of our season so far. Yes. You need him. And I, I, I think with those two, you have a solidified bullpen, those two being hand and Simber at the moment. Um, and if Soria can get right, it, it looks better. I just need to see it against the talent. That's all. They need a third arm to emerge because if you go and think of the three guys that were relied upon most in the playoffs in 2015, it was definitely Osuna and Sanchez in the eighth and the ninth. After Cecil got hurt, it was probably Mark Lowe who was pretty good too. I don't mm-hmm. know who that third guy is at this point. It could be Ryan Barucki, uh, who's getting back and looking better. Um, it could be Trevor Richards. It could be Brad Hand if he steps up. It could be Soria when he gets back. As soon as you have three guys who you can trust at the end of the game to go seven, eight, nine, boom, you know it's locked down like you knew the Blue Jays in 2015 would lock it down if they had a lead past the sixth inning, then I'm feeling really good about their chances to go on even more of a run than they're currently on. Yeah, yep. I think they're, regardless of all the other moves and all the other things that we've seen right over the last few weeks, right? I think there is so much that hinges on the Blue Jays bullpen as far as their actual playoff aspirations. And to see them actually use these trades to be able to strengthen that effect, I think is the dicing on the cake. And then there's this other wonderful thing that is probably still going to even officially alter the bullpen picture to a certain point. And we can talk about that after we talk the last trade here, unless you guys have anything you want to talk to that last bullpen part there. No, no. Good nope. to go. I figured we, we were going to get start and get lawn on that if we were. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, to that point, the Blue Jays other monster splash to this point, And this is it kind of set Blue Jays Twitter on fire because this is one of those situations where the Blue Jays actually traded and ponied up some ridiculous prospect capital to get probably one of the best young pitchers in, in baseball these days. And so the trade was Austin Martin and correct me, assuming one's Richardson. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Just wanted to make sure. And for Jose Barrios, who is not a rental, which is the best part of this whole thing. And I think that's the only reason you can even quasi call this an even trade is the fact that they have him for not this season only, but they have him for a full 2022 as well. So this lines up with the beginning of the Toronto Blue Jays window to the point of ridiculous 
And Jose Barrios pitched his first game the other day, was absolutely spectacular. We will talk further on that in a moment when we talk the rest of the series for the last week. But gentlemen, I want to start with Brendan first because I gave uh, Adam all the other fun starts points for the other trade talks. Sure, yeah. And uh, plus, I got to give Brendan the opportunity for the Toronto return to enjoy his new homeboy here, I guess. <laughs> but to that point, Jose Barrios is a Toronto Blue Jay for basically a season and a half guaranteed. And Brendan, he's already made it abundantly clear after that first debut. He is wonderfully happy. Yeah. How much does this mean to this team right now? Oh, it's huge because you can feel good about getting a win three out of five nights now. Uh, whenever you have Ryu, Ray, or Barrios going to the mound, you can very much expect to win on three out of five nights. I guess at this point, maybe it's three out of six because currently it's a six-man rotation until they decide what they want to do with Stephen Matz. You could probably make a case that the way Alec Manoa pitched on Saturday could lead to at feeling comfortable about winning a fourth whenever you go around and then Ross Stripling, you get what you get from your fifth guy and he can turn out some really quality outings. He can turn out some stinkers. Uh, but lately, ever since that big meltdown in May, Ross Stripling more often than not has delivered quality starting pitching. So I think it just is the move that kind of locks in the rotation to be able to kind of like, how David Price locked in the 2015 rotation as things were coming together. You had Marco Estrada coming in and doing really well after he came in from the bullpen in 2015. R.A. Dickey figured it out in the second half of 2015. Um, who else was in that rotation? Stroman came back later. But regardless, the 2015 yeah. rotation really solidified itself to the point where you know you're probably going to get at least six good innings per outing from your starter and turn it over to the bullpen and deliver some wins. That's what Barrios could do and I think will do for this rotation. It's incredibly exciting, but we can debate uh, about the price tag on it for sure. It is a very steep price to pay, so I am not taking away from that. It is something that will be debated about for years down the road if one of two of those guys or both turn into stars for the Twins or if or if they can't resign Barrios after 2022. So it, it'll be interesting, but for now, Blue Jays fans should be pretty happy. I think that right there is the kicker on who wins that trade. Yeah. If Barrio stays after 2020, this looks like a, a an even trade. I think at the end of the day for both sides right now. But um, Adam, I'm going to give you the point here to talk prospects and Barrios. But the rumor has it was not only were the Yankees involved with this, the Red Sox and the Phillies were also the other quote unquote contenders to to land Jose Barrios and the Blue Jays ended up landing as the quote unquote front runner for about five minutes until they announced the trade. <laughs> and so first off your feelings on the trade, the price we ended up pays. I know you were high on Austin Martin as a untouchable and hands off. Sorry, no trade fund. So let me, let, let's hear the Corsair rant of the evening. Cause I have, I feel it coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much of a rant. It's all right. So we, we had reason to believe Friday that there was going to be um, the Blue Jays had to do something right with it, given the fact that there was everything uh, going on around them. Um, it was either they were going to sell off some expiring contracts, which it didn't seem likely because we were getting uh, other rental pieces in the process um, or we were going to sort of push into go. And we didn't even go all in. We just we, we made a pretty decent sized push. Strategic. Um, so then, yeah, I would say so. Um, and this is this. I'll, I'll get to it in a second. So when I saw the trade and I saw the hype, you know, Blue Jays are close to acquiring 
Barrios and you hear the first shoe to drop was SWR. I'm thinking to myself, I can live with that. I can totally live with that because you have to give up. Um, you have to give up some good prospect capital in order to get a, a pitcher with control that is uh, all-star caliber. Yeah, and but to that point, you thought he was the main chip. Of course, initially. because the I, I think it was Heyman that said SWR plus. And I'm thinking, why would they leave out something of, I think, higher value? Right, now, it's just correct. the way I evaluate the prospect. I, I know a lot of people are high on SWR or higher than Austin Martin. That's fine. I just thought Austin Martin was an incredible talent, and I still do. Um, then when I hear Austin Martin, you guys know in, in the side chat, I was pissed. <laughs> I was pissed because Correct. he was – again, it, it's, a, it's a matter of positional depth and where you're going to put him, you know, and those are future problems. But you just had someone that slipped to you in the draft that was yeah. touted as the best player in the draft overall, possibly a five-tool player. Yeah. Um, and then I took, so I was pissed and I take a moment and I'm thinking to myself, all right, let's take a look at his numbers. Let's just take a look at what we have. Blue Jays are built on offense, not just built on offense. They they're built on power. This is one of the only things that is really carried over from the 2015, 16 sort of philosophy on how to build a team the, this regime has sort of continue that and i know during the off years yeah i mean during the off years you didn't see that really present but now you can see that even with this barrios trade that this team is still built offensively stronger than they are on the defensive side so you, you look at his numbers and you look at okay yeah his his ops is high it's 807 it's pretty good his batting average is high it's 281 again these are double a numbers but then you look at his slugging it's 383 it's pretty low Right. And then you look at his home run numbers. He only has two. He only has two home runs in Delta Dental Stadium. You know, that you <laughs> I should think I be massive. Delta Stadium. Yeah. It'll you be know, off a tee, but. <laughs> yeah. People are hitting the hotel. You know, it, it's not that big of a stadium. I'm not taking anything away from his talent, but it doesn't seem like maybe, I don't know, maybe the evaluation was a little bit off. I'm not saying he's not going to pan out. I'm not saying SWR isn't going to pan out. But the bottom line is, when it comes to trading away prospects, you don't know. You yeah. don't know what they're going to be. And you can't really evaluate this trade right now until you know. Until It's kind of like the R.A. Dickey trade. We can evaluate that in hindsight um, because uh, Noah Syndergaard became a pretty good pitcher, um, if not a fantastic but... one. And Travis Darno has been a serviceable catcher. He, I would like him on the team, you know, just for the he presence. He would help this team right now, even. Yes. But yeah. At that but, point, we would have never kept him past Russell Martin and all that other stuff either. So, yeah. Continue. R.A. Dickey, R.A. Dickey ate up innings. Was he worth Noah Syndergaard in hindsight? No. But you don't know that until the trade's over. Now, could SWR be the next Noah Syndergaard? Certainly could. Could Austin Martin outperform what he's doing right now in AA? Certainly. But you don't know. You know what you have in Barrios. And right now is the window of opportunity to really execute that. It's a paradigm shift. This is a clear sign of a paradigm shift from this front office. I have never seen them this aggressive. And to see that they went out and got a guy for a year and a half of control, and you have to sell him on staying in Toronto. He probably won't. Maybe he will. But you have him for a year and a half to really go for it. 
Yeah. And they gave up two of their top 10 prospects. That is unheard of from this front office. So anybody saying that they're clutching on to precious jewels in the farm system, (laughs) that they're all this 42 years of control bullshit that we used to hear in 2017. (laughs) I don't want to hear it anymore. This front office made their mark. They built capital in the prospect system to use to liquidate for players like Jose Barrios. You have them for next year. And the when I came out of when it came to this trade, I know I'm rambling. When it came out to this trade deadline, I'm thinking to myself, this trade deadline was great, but you don't pick up a player like Barrios and that's it. Next offseason is going to be exciting. Yeah. It's going to be very, it's be very exciting. exciting. Yes. yes. So to that point, at a minimum here, what you've done is at least shifted for next season. You have Yunjin Rio and Jose Barrios guaranteed in your rotation. They are going to make a serious play to keep Robbie Ray happy, who Have is quote-unquote the fourth or third guy ranked in Major League Pitching free agents next season. He's going to command a decent contract, but to that point, he is clearly comfortable with these guys in Toronto, and I think that's going to not give a huge discount, but it's going to play a lot to the point where that whatever hell you want to throw a brick of money at him, he's going to be happy to take it. So it's going to be if it came down like to us and three other teams offering him the same offer, unless it's literally the dream team he wanted to play for, which honestly, right now, I feel like might be the Toronto Blue Jays. So to that point, that's also the reason why you might be able to book up Rios further, because he's going to love knowing the fact that, oh, yeah, guess what? I'm going to have Boba Shett, George Springer. Vladdy and company in this lineup for a good amount of time. I have a extended chance to win in Toronto baseball for the next four to five years. You have to. That's a, that's a pretty good selling point. Easy. I don't know who the hell could turn that down unless they're giving you the, you know, paying you what you're worth kind of idea. The, the other good so. thing about adding Barrios is you protect yourself if you don't re-sign Robbie Ray. And then you still have a very good two-headed horse at the top of the rotation and you go and fill it out how you need. Uh, I'm assuming Manoa is going to get a spot next year based on what he's done so oh, far. Yeah. Three. He's got a spot right now, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. hundred percent. And then who else knows who may, maybe somebody else in the minor leagues takes a step forward like Manoa did this, this season and, and comes up and forces their hand. Pearson. Yeah. They Pearson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you said that because I thought you were going to say he's the best blue Jays closer to be oh. like Sean Reed Foley. We've been saying, no, 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 no. I'm <laughs> saying if you have Ryu Barrios, Ray Manoa, I don't care who the fifth is. I don't care. Let it be Pearson. Let it be K. Let it be both of them. I don't care. Yeah. It's a good starter. I'm yeah. fine with any of that. And that's where, that's where the blue Jays I think had the best thing because in the midst of this, right? Yes. They took on Jose Barrios money. Okay. What's the worst case scenario here? They still have a ton of money. They're not even close to the ballpark that they were in when they were winning uh, playoff appearances and whatnot in 2015 and 2016. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't 2015's payroll somewhere in the ballpark of 160, 170? I believe it actually got higher. 2016, like 200. It was, it was getting close to 200. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah, and that was that's because that. I was all going to try to Lewinsky. But yeah. <laughs> to that point, um, this team has flushed with the point to be able to even with what we have on the point, turn around and still pay for somebody Robbie Ray like, and then make our current player core happier than a pig and shit. Just saying. <laughs> so there, there's some Fernando uh, Tatis Jr. like contracts coming in this offseason. I have a strange feeling to keep this core together. 
But it's going to be very interesting to see what the Blue Jay does with Blue Jays do with their market value and going whatnot forward here. But to the point of the Jose Barrios trade, I tend to agree with you. I, I am a sure thing on the fact that Austin Martin and Sean or SWR are going to be um, major league pitchers and players for the for the Minnesota Twins. It does. They will not shock me one bit. But is one of them is does SWR pan out to be a Matt Boyd or does he turn out to be somebody like David Price or company? That is the question, right? How yeah. bad is it going to look in hindsight? I'm in the ballpark that even Austin Martin is still going to be a value major league player, but he's not going to be Boba Shett, in my opinion. He's going to be a guy that's, at least right now, his current game is hit the ball hard to the gaps. If he grows up to the point where those turning the balls that go over the fence, yes, he's all of a sudden a 20, 30 home run guy. But to me, he's going to have a very similar career path to Byron Buxton in Minnesota. And I'm that's that's perfectly fine. That is going to be a very awesome comp for the Minnesota Twins fans too. Hopefully he gets started a little bit more <laughs> quickly than Brian Braxton did. I got to enjoy him here in Rochester way too much. <laughs> you know, you know what else? I just looked this up. You know what else could be an interesting way to look at the trade? And you get Barrios is you have to go for it in 2022 because let's just think. That's only two years remaining on Hunjin Ryu's contract, right? Like we all forget that it was only a four-year deal, and this is year two of that deal. Mm-hmm. So Barrios is arb eligible this offseason. Why don't you just buy out that year? Buy it out. Yeah, yeah, and pay him to lock him up until the end of Ryu's contract. And then you have two years to go for it with Ryu. And, and that Ryu. only gets into his year 30 season, too. Right. So, so that everybody, that's the other thing. That's just a ridiculous thing. We're still seeing yeah. just the, the progression of Jose Barrios here. Yeah. So hundred percent. So they, they, they can get creative this off season. And I, I would not be surprised if you see them buy out that RB year, don't even go to a hearing, pay him a good amount of money, but also be like, okay, we're going to pay you, but you have to commit to us for 2023 as well. And then you can go and, and hit the free agent market and see what you can yeah. get on the open market. So yeah, in my mind, Adam, to your point, this off season could be a whole bunch of fun. Just really hope that there's no labor disputes or lockouts. That's the only fear. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. That's well, gonna, let me let me put it to you this way. With, 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 yeah, with the labor dispute aside, right now, this is pretty unheard of. Right now, the Blue Jays payroll is just south of $151 million right now um, for this year. Next year, it shoots down to about $65 million, right? So you, you got uh, approximately uh, – little less than a hundred million indifferent you can splash right and that's just next year the following year is 60 million and then 24 and 25 it's about 24 million each just on the books right so you have plenty of money to play with and this is obviously excluding of an inevitable uh, extension for bow and vlad you have to do yeah, that and that would be my first order of business yeah, yeah. you have to extend yeah. at least i would flat. even think before you see a signing of barrios or anything this offseason yes. those two yes. guys are now official full-on lead major league players and played 162 basically 262 game seasons and you know obviously like i said the first one is really two seasons spread out but <laughs> to that yeah. point now that they've got those games under the belt, you know what we're getting. I'm sorry to say, Every, Blue, the American League East, you better fucking watch out. Yeah, these two guys are going to be here. They're legit. Everybody sees what Vlad's doing right now and is quietly forgetting the fact that Boba Shett's having one of the best major league shortstop seasons in recent American League history. You know, he's got what, almost 70 RBIs right now, plus all yeah. the runs scored from what he's doing. It's insane. Not to mention, he's batting with the bases loaded right now with one out. Just saying. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So. You have plenty of money to play with. And if you can lock them up, you have no excuse not to push. Right. And I know the Red Sox are still going to be the Red Sox and they too have a pretty decent amount of payroll to play with. And of course, Tampa Bay, they don't like to spend, but you can never discount them. But you have an opportunity to make a serious push. You have an opportunity to at least get yourself over the Yankees. You have that opportunity. And you might have even done it this year. There's a good possibility that you have. But in order to sustain that, you have to be willing to open up the checkbook. And we have all known from you know the, the new regime in 2016 that when the time comes to open up the checkbook, they'll do it. And not just in, you know, not just in, in terms of actual cash, but in this trade deadline, it was prospect liquidation, and they yep. actually did it. So yep. I don't want to hear a single complaint, not from you guys. I know you guys are with me, but I don't want to hear a single complaint about this front office henceforth uh, from Blue Jays Twitter. Not a single complaint. Oh, you just killed our message board. Listen, if you <laughs> love 2015, and we all did, and we all loved the hype at the trade deadline, this is exactly that. This is very yeah. close to it's that. But done in a sustainable fashion. Yes. yes, that's yeah, the biggest difference yes. because yes, we like you said, we sold two of our best prospects in our system. But if you guys looked at the top ten prospects, still, that's still better than that's a lot of teams cool. in baseball. Just they saying, six yeah. top one hundred after this trade, like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. And there's a couple more that are probably just below one hundred. So there's, there's still more talent coming, man. Like it's not even close to being dry. Correct. I would say this Nasca out of the top three, but you're yeah. still in that like five to seven. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. And the other, the other thing so. too, uh, Austin Martin. As like, I saw that SWR is part of that trade. Adam and, and and Craig. And my thought was, okay, that's fine. Like, you know what? They still have Kloffenstein. They still have Pearson. Like, I didn't know that Pearson wasn't going to be included, but I assumed he wasn't at that point. You still have Pardino, who's coming back. You still have a whole bunch of other collection of arms. When I saw it was Martin, I too was just like, wait, what? They traded Austin Martin. But then, as more people thought about it and more rational takes were coming out about it. You got to remember, Aurelis Martinez, I saw an article today, yes. was asked about by every single team that the Blue Jays talked to. They're like, we want Aurelis. Like, no. So his emergence and his recent promotion, I think it was up to Vancouver or somewhere else recently. Yes. He was playing in yes. Vancouver, and I believe he had home run in his debut. Yeah. Just saying. You're right. So <laughs> his emergence, he's not too far off. And then Kevin Smith as well. And Kevin Smith will be up here probably by next year. So that kind of starts to cover you for Austin Martin uh, when it's all said and done. Kevin Smith is going to look oddly similar to uh, Santiago Espinal's rise, I think. And to Adam's credit here, you are 100% right. What the fuck is he doing in the lineup over at Braddock Valeria? <laughs> I, do, I, I don't know. Like, you want to win games, you put your best defensive third baseman, and in that, we have agreed, is Santiago Espinal, period. He's batting 300, period. and he's been on yeah. fire lately. No, okay. let's bench him for two games. Kevin yeah. Biggio's on the, the IL. Is, we don't need a third yeah. baseman. <laughs> and that's another thing. Um, You know, when it comes to Austin Martin, where are you putting him, right? Assuming that he makes his rise, I know it's a future problem and you you make room but there's a there's a log jam when it comes to just sort of like riley adams but not nearly to that of a degree of uh, right. severity Talent, the, where right? you, yeah where are you gonna put him now we assume that in third base is going to be groshan's job for the taken um and all signs point to that maybe not next year or maybe to start the year who knows unless they sign a third baseman or trade for one but 
you know, I think the writing's on the wall with this, that Marcus Simeon is probably going to be gone, and I'm eerily okay with that. And not to say that I don't appreciate his contributions. He's been fantastic for this club. And if we sign him, great. Know, yeah, I just don't know that you're going to want to pay what it's going to cost. I, I, I'm looking at like a 20 to $25 million year, multi-year deal. He's, He's not going to settle more for and one more day. like that every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I'd rather spend that on pitching. Yeah, correct. It's, but to it's, that point, that might have been one of the reasons why they decided, you know what, maybe we should make this push. We've spent a good amount of money on Marcus Semyon, and he's been an all-star. And in all reality, I wouldn't be shocked if he's in the MVP race, if you were looking at how that's shaping up right now, because you don't have somebody like Mike Trout. Shohei Antani and Vladdy are obviously dominating that, but he's going to probably get some votes at the end of the day for that position. I would think he's in that top five guys in the American League right now. So to that point, Rafael Devers yeah. being probably the other one. Yeah, I just also think this opens up an opportunity for Kevin Biggio to go back in a position where he was strongest at in that second base. Right. Yeah. right. And then you, you sort of have your infield all figured out. You don't have to worry about that. And then you have your outfield already figured out because it's going to be there for you next year. Um, and at that point, you know, and that's the thing that we were talking about in the offseason. What are you going to do with this outfield? Well, it worked out. Like, yeah, and, and there's fine. no reason why I can't. Yeah, you can't continue to do that. That's fine with me. You just worry about the pitching and a third baseman and maybe a catcher. Like I would like a veteran catcher. Five solid outfielders right now with Corey Dickerson coming back. Yeah. Grichik's been Grichik, and that is nothing wrong. He's actually found a way to eclipse his typical, in my opinion. And then you have Lourdes. We yes, guys, we still have Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Just saying. How were we expecting that? Correct. But to that point, he also is leading the American League. Or actually, I think he's leading the majors in outfield assists. So there there's something to that. Yeah. Um, and I think I still think the best days for his bat are to come. It's a, it's a consistency thing, I think, with him just as much. And then you have Springer and uh, Tay Oscar, who is one of the best RBI guys in baseball right now. So, yeah, yeah they're set. OK, great. Well, you're not putting anybody else in our outfield. <laughs> just saying um, right. how much of this whole talk of Austin Martin here do you think is because of the Aralis Martinez emergence? Oh, I think it has everything to do with it. Him and Kevin Smith made him expendable. Plus, I bet they may have tried to sh- ship Groshans at the door, but that also speaks volumes to what they think of Jordan Groshans. So you're fine. You have three potential third basemen there. I have no, no doubt in my mind that that's why Martin became expendable. Yeah, you had five, four or five guys, basically, that were going to be possibly either everyday or talented everyday guys to be playing those positions and there's only so many positions on a diamond so if you guys what you got we were wondering this for years boys you know we were talking about why did they draft another shortstop <laughs> how many times right so i guess it's finally good that it it proved in to be something else and good trade you know we've, we've talked about it repetitively on this show good pitching tends to beat good hitting the blue jays now have a solid pitching core bullpen and starting rotation for this season how uh mind you and this offense just continues to bang and you know break out the barrio jacket <laughs> as it is already doing me, this evening let me uh let me ask this and then we can, if i don't want to beat the point up but we can move on if you want after this i don't want to hijack hosting either but um yeah. let, me, let me throw out this scenario we do that to each other each week <laughs> yeah yeah let me let me throw out this scenario assuming let's just assume that scherzer didn't have a no trade all right. What would you be more comfortable with the trade that happened or the exact two same pieces for Scherzer without an extension? Oh, I'm happy with what we got. As much as I love Max Scherzer, there's a whole nother year. That I get to ride this same wave with Jose Barrios. 
See, I think that's where people were thinking a little bit is like Barrios. We said this last week when we were talking about it at his ceiling, he's been like Marcus Stroman and that's a pretty high price to pay for a guy who's very similar to Marcus Stroman. I think everybody's initial reaction, if it was Scherzer would have been like, Holy crap, we got Max Scherzer. Right. And they, and it would look better on paper. I'll give you that. It would look better <laughs> on paper, but that being said again, like, who else were you going to go out and get at this deadline? Scherzer was gone, and he probably wasn't going to resign here. And I don't know if he was would have been willing to waive his no trade clause. No but, way, no way. I don't no, think so. No. But but assuming he was to that point, those two seem like a more of a fair trade in what the Dodgers ended up finally giving up to get him in LA. It would have had to been more. It would yeah, have had to been more. I, exactly. I think, so. I think there's a third guy at least in there, and it probably would have still been one of our top ten guys. Probably. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. So, like, it, how much of this has to do with? I don't mind the trade, but yeah. how much? Did, like, you've heard incremental things. I'm sure SWR is the main piece, and they might have been like, "Hey, we want uh, Martinez," or "Hey, we want Pearson." And the Blue Jays staff was like, ah, "All right, I'll, I'll get back to you." Like, we're, we have a couple things moving, and That's they came hurt. back, and the Red Sox are like, "Hey, we we have this on the table." Like, how much of it was just like a fuck that? Fuck the Yankees, fuck the Red Sox, Austin Martin, let's make this happen. Like <laughs> yeah, you probably it was a push to like, no, we yeah. can't allow this because if yeah. that happens, we're out. We're out well, of it's it. just yeah. as much to Definitely. that point to beat the Yankees and the Red Sox in our own division, yes. division yes. to that point. And we've seen this throughout our Blue Jays history period since nineteen seventy seven, trying to keep the right guys away from those two teams to ensure the fact that we actually have a legit shot in our own division. Yes. It's as much as what the Yankees and the Red Sox did in those years where they're battling back and forth. It's the Manny Ramirez thing all over again, right? The fact that oh, yeah. who's gonna outbid who to be able to finally land Manny Ramirez and get him there and he fit better right. in uh, or even to that point, yes. Here's another so. way to ask, ask that question, Adam. It's a really good question. Um, how pissed off would we have all been if Barrios went to the Red Sox, the Rays, who were reportedly in on him, or the Yankees, and we found out that the Blue Jays' offer a couple days later was Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson, and uh, or, or the Twins asked for that. I would say, how wasn't that enough? <laughs> yeah, I, I would have been fine. No, yeah, it, like if, if the Twins said asked for that and the Blue Jays front office said, no, I don't want to do that for Barrios, would oh. you have been okay? Or would you have been pissed off that the Blue Jays front office didn't say, okay, let's do it? I would have no. been pissed. Yeah, same. I would have been upset. Everybody, yeah. would, have, everybody would have been. And yeah. to that and point, too, I also don't think – I don't feel like the Yankees, after the trades they've made, have that ta- talent to even offer in a package. No. And same thing no. with the Red Sox right now, who are in the midst of trying to rebuild and revitalize their minor league system. Hence the reason they have made the trades like the Mookie Betts thing and all that over the last few years. So if we weren't able to beat them on a trade, there was something wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the whole point. You don't want to look at this trade as just uh, what was in and what was out. Like you sort of, it's not as linear as it appears. It's definitely more broad and saying you're not just trading with the Twins. You're trading against the Yankees and the Red Sox. And in order to keep yourself in the conversation, you have to make these moves. And as aggressive as it is, and as you know, it may hurt. I'm willing to bet the people that were upset about Austin Martin probably have never really seen him play. 
Um, right, and and that's fine. Like a lot of people don't have to pay attention to the minor leagues. You might have just seen highlights on Twitter and stuff, which is fine. That's not a criticism. But again, you don't know what they're going to turn out to be. You don't. I just remember the legend of Brett Wallace. Remember the legend of of Brett Laurie. Remember the legend of Kyle Drayback. Remember these legends that were going to turn <laughs> JP Aaron Cibia, going to turn the this team around. Ricky Romero. They are on the way, and they didn't happen. <laughs> correct. Nothing. Yeah. And, so, and Brett Laurie got his job. Prospects. And that's yes. why you've seen guys like Vladdy and Bo have taken that step away from being prospects into MLB talents. And that's where the on it, the, the argument always is. Right now, the Blue Jays trade for a guy that basically two out of three people in this exact conversation said that we're going to be the 2020 freaking Cy Young Award winner in Jose Barrios. And I'm talking about you, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> I so, he would. Phenomenal 2019. Yeah. And too young to be not moving upwards, right? Yeah. And I think this is a guy that if he's Marcus Stroman now, I tell you right now, if you compare where those two guys were in their career, Jose Barrios is going to easily eclipse Stroman's stuff. Easily, in my opinion. Did you hear so, what uh did you hear what Morosi said? I did not. He said he said he has the best stuff this team has ever seen. Stuff, pure stuff since Halliday. And that doesn't shock me. I, I yeah. saw Jose Barrios pitch for the Rochester Red Wings here in town because until a year ago, they were the the Minnesota Twins uh, minor league affiliate. Watching that kid pitch here in his you know, age, what, 22 season, I think. Mm. He he blew through Rochester. He couldn't. Nobody could hit him at this level at AAA. It, it didn't shock me he was here for like barely anything, or at least what felt like the blink of an eye. And he didn't yeah. come back at all. Except for one rehab start, if I recall. So, which was fun to watch, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He beat the Rail Riders, which at the time was the New York Yankees minor league st- system with Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, all the guys that are their regulars made them just look like toddlers trying to swing a T ball bat. So, to that point, I, I, I agree with you. And Morosi, yeah. that that he's got some of the crazy stuff. It's like having David Price again. People really need to start, and we have him for a whole another year where he actually legit could be David Price. Right. Right. That's not me. Sorry, that was me. I, I, I haven't changed topics. <laughs> so to that point, let's talk because I want to talk the homestand and all the return fun here and everything like that. And literally, as we get to like, like I said, enjoy being Toronto Blue Jays again. Finally, yes, it finally happened, gentlemen. Brendan, you got a chance to actually go to one of these games. So tell me how you, the the general buzz. Give me the pulse. What's going on in Toronto with this? team finally getting a chance to come home and how it might feel for the players as well well they're winning five nothing and the only game they've lost since they've been home was the game i was at so pretty shitty it's kind of like uh i mean i watched it on friday and saw how emotional it was for them to return for everybody um when being at the stadium on monday um it felt like a return to normal, even though you had to wear a mask, which is totally fine. We've done it for the last year and a half. It's like, whatever, it's something on my face. Uh, you can take it down to drink and heat just like normal out of the patio, whatever it is. It's a little more relaxed being in the stands. Uh, the ushers aren't as quick. You're like, hey, put on your mask. They don't actually, I didn't see a single usher say that. In the concourse, everybody wore one. 
which is great. So people followed the protocols very well to be at the game. And look, that's the trade-off that you got to be thinking right now. It's like, I would rather go to a game and wear a mask than not go to a game or have the Blue Jays playing in Buffalo. So from all that standpoint, it was great. Uh, but no, it's given the city a boost again. Uh, it's nice. It was nice seeing a whole crowd of people walking to the Rogers Center for for a change. Um, and yeah, it just feels like this start of uh, return to pre-pandemic levels. And it'll be interesting to see if maybe at some point in September they can up the capacity, hopefully when they are much more in a pennant race uh, or a wild card race to maybe get to 30,000 or 40,000 uh, later on this season. But uh, no, it was awesome. 15,000 people can make a lot of noise, um, even though it doesn't feel like too many people in such a big stadium. Yeah. I was shocked at how loud it was on the TV broadcast with even the roof open. I thought yeah. that was the thing that was more shocking yeah. to the fact that I've been there with a concert and uh, with the roof closed and everything. And it's like, holy crap. <laughs> so there's a reason it's a Thunderdome right at that point. Yeah. But um, to that point, was it like when you were walking back into the Rogers Center for a game? Where, was everybody out playing, you know, bu- the bucket runs outside? Was the vendors and everything back? Did it feel more normal going back into the ballpark? Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, it just it was like it felt the like party's back. Yeah, party's <laughs> back. It felt like pre-pandemic, uh, pre-pandemic life for a couple hours, being at the at the game and seeing everybody walk up. But again, ev- the only difference was everybody had to wear masks and just social distance a little bit. Yeah, good deal. Adam, what did you get out of that first broadcast? Being able to watch the Blue Jays finally playing a home game for the first time in 164 road games is, I think, the number. Yeah. Yeah, it was like 670 days or something thereabouts. I think they said um, 200 games or something like that total or something like yeah, that. I can't yeah. remember what that. Um, so MLB TV does a cool thing now where you can actually watch the pre and post game for Blue Jays uh, stuff. At least I can here in Rhode Island. It's probably blacked out for you, Brendan. But um, it was really cool watching the the pregame show for that and, you know, seeing the, the hype video and uh, the, the welcome home stuff. Um, I was happy that they, they brought up the huge ass Canadian flag, sort of yeah. uh, what they should have done for Canada Day. Uh, but obviously they were in Buffalo. Um, it, it was just it felt like a legit opening day again. And. I know last year the season started when did it in late July? Late July. So it's sort of eerily reminiscent to that, like the whole first half of the season, you know, it was whatever, even though it mattered. Um, but you had that sort of reset at at right after the trade deadline. I'm like, all right, let this is a a new squad. We're back home. Uh you have fans in the stand. Yeah, you you can tell people were pretty emotional about it and you could tell the 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 players were psyched to be there actually having people cheering for them in their home stadium rather than you know risking the booze um given the fact that they had a win too for the first game that was incredible too on the way they won too with the catch was was incredible and again best third baseman on this team today um it, it was it was phenomenal to watch. It, it was sort of like, okay, last year was fun, and you got to, and I know for Buffalo, Craig, I'm sure I did a lot for the city, and we gained a lot of new fans, as we've discussed last week. 
But the fact that they're back where they belong and no disrespect to Buffalo, they have their their longtime fans that have been there since the beginning and that appreciate and seeing home plate lady was fucking awesome too. Yes. Um, <laughs> Watching was, her walk the ball up to Vlad was just perfect. Just, it was just, not just that. It was the fact that the announcer didn't say her name and just referred just to her home plate home lady. Plate. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect. It was, that's, I hope that's your real name. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if it I, isn't, I, I would have, if I were her, I would have already changed my name and yeah, it would have been the home plate lady. <laughs> um, home. What's your last name? Lady. It was it was an emotional uh, sort of viewing experience and, you know, being miles and miles away from Rhode Island in Rhode Island, rather, and watching that it sort of settled in and it felt like I, I, I want to say we were watching exhibition games, but you had that sort of inclination to be like, ah, this is not quite right. Watching the games in Dunedin and Buffalo now watching them in Toronto, you're like, all right, now it's game on. Let's, let's yes. do this. And hopefully that gives them sort of a mental push to, you know, give themselves that edge to get a wild card spot. So far yeah. so good. So yeah. far so good. And I think to the point on that, let's just talk on that soul series guys, I feel like the, that you you mentioned it a minute ago that Santiago Espinal catch the excitement of Boba Shet when hit that happened and just how the yeah. team the team just completely rejoiced and let loose in that moment. I think that is a microcosm and a perfect summary and not to mention one of the best ways I've seen that in a ball game in a long damn time. And funny yeah. enough, I think Santiago Espinal was actually my other favorite moment of recent. Blue Jay history when he was playing the minor leagues, he stole plo- stole home plate to close out a game, there and nobody remembers that. <laughs> so, I was watching that game on minor league baseball TV, and it was just epic. And uh, it was a Blue Jay off night, so I was flipping through all the minor league feeds. So, to watch him do that, like I said, the reaction of not just Boba Shet, but if you were able to take that snapshot of seeing him catch the ball. And the angle catching Boba Shet's face, you could see instant gratification in the fact that guess what? We're home. Yeah. And I really feel like if you wanted to pinpoint a changing point in this season for the Toronto Blue Jays, that catch might have sealed it down. I'm even getting boot goosebumps just freaking thinking about it, boys. <laughs> just saying. So what do you think as far as the homestand and that first game and how that is going to carry through at least this homestand? And honestly, right now the Blue Jays are up six to nothing on a Reese McGuire hit. Where the hell did that come from again? And it continues to keep happening. Strange okay with it. <laughs> but to that point, this it seems like, like you said, a reset button has been pressed. This is a new team going on forward. We got new pitchers. We have new players. We have rejuvenated lineup with George Springer actually being legit in this lineup. There is something that feels like a new team here. And Adam, I, you finished up the last point. I'm going to let you continue to start this first one. Is this a contending team right now? Because it sure as fuck feels like it after this last series and this last week. I would say they're better positioned now than they were when we talked last week. Last week, I was on record saying this as currently constructed is not a playoff team. And as they were currently constructed a week ago, they were not a playoff team. Um, Now you have an opportunity, right? And they're three and a half games back from a wild card spot. The favor, I mean, the, the schedule isn't super favorable in the immediate term, but you got games against Anaheim, Seattle, Washington, Detroit twice and Baltimore. 
to finish out this month. Yes, you have Chicago and Boston in between there, but if you and they're both four game series, if you can split both of them and take advantage and win every other series, you have no reason not to. Those games against Seattle are crucial. Those games against Boston crucial to get to your to your wild card uh, aspirations. If you can take advantage of them, and right now they have no reason not to, no reason why they shouldn't. They should be able to take three or four against Cleveland, and we're seeing that right now. But if you can split against Boston, split against Chicago, and win, I'm not saying sweep, win those other series, there's no reason why this team can't contend for a wild card spot. There's a good chance in those numbers that you were just laying out. There's a there's 70% a chance of wins in those leftover games. And that yeah. is in that ballpark of where we were talking the wins totals. Uh, Brendan, what are you thinking? No, it, the way, Adam, you just laid it out on the table is exactly a tweet that I have up right here. Uh, this was on Monday or no, yesterday morning. Um, ben Ennis at Sportsnet said the Jays have 59 games remaining, 24 against the Red Sox, Yankees, Rays, White Sox and A's. If you go 12 and 12 against those teams, you need to go 24 and 11 against the rest to get to 90 wins. That right now seems doable because we're seeing what they did against Kansas City. They swept them. They're beating teams like Texas, sweeping them. They should win at least five out of six of those against Detroit. They should win at least pretty much all of them against Baltimore. They should win yes. majority of them against both the of them against Washington. Have to. You need to take both against Washington. Basically, yeah. you take. You have to throw some sweeps in there for sure uh, of these teams, but that's what the 2015 team did after the trade deadline. I know they beat good teams on that run too, but this route to the playoffs is going to be a little bit more challenging with the teams ahead of you, but also the games you got to gain on teams like Oakland uh, or at least try to close the gap between the Red Sox and the Rays and yourselves. Uh, but it's doable. I'm not going to say it's not doable. They might come up short. They may have been done in by awful stretch in May and June where there were so many blown leads and losses. But I think at least this is going to make a very fun end to the season. And hopefully the combination of being rejuvenated by returning to Toronto, rejuvenated by adding new players and good players at that uh, can lead them to go on a run. And so far, so good, man. I mean, they're doing exactly what they needed to do against Kansas City. Would have been nice to sweep Cleveland, but three out of four. I think that's what we all predicted um, last week, Thursday, when we recorded. And they're on track to do that as long as they don't blow today and they win tomorrow. Um, and who goes tomorrow? Who's on? Who's pitching tomorrow? It's Manoa. No, Stripling. Right. I think it's Ross mm-hmm. Stripling. So, you know what? Get, get a couple runs early, just like you did today, and you should be fine. And to be honest, I don't hey, see a couple anymore. anymore. I don't know if you're watching. Yeah. <laughs> But to be honest, why you cannot take three out of four against Boston this weekend with the starters you have lined up. You have Robbie Ray on, is it Friday? No, 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 sorry. Um, Manoa Friday, Ray and Barrios go in the doubleheader on Saturday. You need to win both of those games. And then Hundred Ryu specifically said, I don't want on uh, with an extra day's rest so I can be lined up to pitch that Sunday game against the Red Sox. You have your four best starters going. You have to take three right there in that series. So to that point, because I mentioned that the game is starting to look a little one-sided, the Blue Jays are now leading eight to nothing over the Cleveland Indians in the bottom of the third. Only one out. George Springer is I, I, the best way I can say it is in fuego, right yeah. now. Another double scores two. I think he's got three RBIs with the home run tonight. Slightly ridiculous, and now Vladdy's up with one out. <laughs> Good so, timing, right? To that point, that 
right now, honestly, if you really want to look at the Blue Jays lineup, even offensively, right, we basically got another trade acquisition with the fact that George Springer is legit showing up at the right time to that point where Mm. you were going there. And I think right now, I'm honestly going to give him Paul Molitor's nickname of the igniter right now, because that is what he feel like he's been the injection that this Blue Jays offense had needed. And everybody's been contributing. This lineup is a one through nine right now. It's going to be very fierce. And then now we have the pitching in the bullpen around that. This team on paper, in my opinion, right now, looks like a better team than the blue, the uh, Yankees and the Red Sox. And I'll give you the Rays a pass because they're the Rays. They find a way to make it work yeah. regardless of what I, what's on paper. Um, there's chinks in the armor for the Red Sox and the Yankees. Do we steal the division? I don't think so. No. But to that point, there is a legit shot all of a sudden. And the Blue Jays revitalized. And like I said, I would have almost put them dead to rights. And I think all three of us kind of agreed on that literally a week ago. Yeah. And we've already seen what this home team, home field advantage, finally, the Thunderdome return has been doing for the Blue Jays. The offense is clicking on all cylinders right when it needs to be. The pitching is doing what it's supposed to be doing. And to that point, fellas, unless you have something you really are dying to add, let's hit the picks to clicks and see how this is going to pan out for the Blue Jays over the next week. I'm good. Good? Good? All right. So... After today, because we're recording on a Wednesday, we have the war game left with the Cleveland Indians. I believe we were saying we're going to try doing Thursday next week because of the weirdness with the off you know, the West Coast games that are coming up because the Blue Jays play the Red Sox and then the Anaheim Angels. Yeah, next sure. Week. Yeah, sure. So to that point last week. Uh, left to, oh, I forgot. I'm on the backside of the paper now. <laughs> Brendan Panikar had George Springer. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, even with his cheat code, you know, blowing up his Nintendo controller with a Konami code did not quite make it to with Vlad, even though he had a crazy week. And then I had a stellar start from Hyunjin Ryu, but I don't think I really can argue with the reigning player of the week. And he I can. literally just say he's hotter than fuck. He's like a, a Hansel from the Zoolander movies right now. He's just so hot right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's also the fact that he beat the cheat code. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you have, exactly. you have to full on just, yeah. significantly too. Yeah. And that's not even to the point where uh, Vlad had an off week or anything. I still think he had two home runs this past week yeah. Yeah. and probably bad yeah. as 300. It's, Yes, that's what it, what happens when you bat 444 for the week with a few home runs and like 11 RBIs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. They so are, to that point, <laughs> Brendan, you are a snake in the grass sneaking up behind me. You and I are now officially tied for the lead on the picks to click for the season. <laughs> so on that point, and then we obviously have the guest spot still in by Robbie Ray and Chris Key. <laughs> <laughs> um, the default carryover, I guess we'll keep that. But to that point, Brendan, you won. Who's your pick? And remember, we're we've officially instituted the no repick for the last week job. So yeah, yeah. continue to ride George Springer. If Adam's ready to pull that cheat code for you, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go all the pitching side of things, and I am actually going to take new acquisition Jose Barrios. I think he'll have a good start against Boston on Saturday. I'm not going to say he's going to go the full seven in the seven inning doubleheader, but he'll definitely pitch a very, very good six and get the win there. 
I'm not sure if he, I don't think he'd be in line for another start before we record next week, but uh, I will take uh, a very good start in Barrios and hope that's enough to get over the hump. But I also don't hope that's enough because that means the offense was probably a little quiet, which they can't have against Boston, but still, that's what I'm going to go with. So technically he might actually be pitching the Thursday when we record next, because we also had that Anaheim double header. I forgot to mention. Oh, on the- I forgot about that. So I, I should have mentioned that. I'm sorry. Well, that's <laughs> so, okay. But we will also record before that game. So that wouldn't count. Correct. Yes. So that would be technically the week following. So to that point, you would probably get two starts if anybody wants to pick Jose Barrios the following week. All right. So you got him locked in and how are the Blue Jays doing against those teams. Like I said, okay. we have technically one more against the Red Indians, three against the Red Sox, and we have three against the Angels before our next recording. I will predict the Red Sox series because we did Cleveland last week, all four games. And yeah. um, we'll do all four Angels games too, uh, I guess, just because that would be awkward with predicting yeah. that. Um, three against Boston. Uh, just kind of like what I was just saying, you have to win three of those games at minimum with the starters you got going in that game or in that series. And then again, a team that's kind of still on your heels a little bit in the wild card race, the Angels, you got to take three there too. Like it's, they, they got to take three out of four in these series. Now you splits maybe against the Red Sox would be okay. Not detrimental because you don't gain ground, but you don't lose ground, but you're in a position where you have to start gaining ground. So give me uh, what's that six and two uh, over the course of the next, uh, between now and when we record next. So six and Realistic. two. Realistic, yeah. I think. And I think to that point, you're you're trying to plant your flag that you're coming for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Mr. Corsair, give me your pick. Who do you think? And uh, tell me how you think the Blue Jays are going to do over the week. Hmm. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Simeon. There you go. For my pick. Um, in terms of the series, Red Sox coming to Toronto. We haven't really talked about this. I'm wondering what the vaccination status of Boston is. And I wonder if that's going to play to their detriment. I thought they were because one of the uh, teams that didn't get to 85 yet. They might, I, I don't know. Might have been. I can't remember, but something all right. else. That's also not the best of re- record to be able to find either. So to that point, let's say they are stranded. You're thinking that's uh, because they're basically hotel quarantined. You were wondering if that was going to hinder them is what I'm guessing, Adam, right? Yeah, I'm wondering. Like, And we haven't really considered that with other teams coming into Toronto, what the vaccination status of those teams are. Like, for instance, for the Yankees, um, Rizzo is highly anti-vax. And so yeah, he might yeah. not be able to play in Toronto when the Yankees come. True. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I don't know what the Red Sox had. We didn't have to deal with this in Buffalo. So this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, conservatively, I'm going to go two out of four against Boston. Um, the Anaheim series, uh, it's important to note that the first game of the doubleheader on Tuesday, it's actually a home game for Toronto in Anaheim. So they right. get... Uh, the last, the last at bat, if necessary. Um, I'm gonna say three out of four there. So was that um, five um, and three? Yep. And yeah. then you're, are you taking the last game against Cleveland? Oh yeah, I, I think I. I figured you were. Just check, just checking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a really weird week where there is a ton of Blue Jay baseball this week. So yeah, you guys no, were all hey. jealous of the fact that I got the host of the basically the honeypot of uh, Blue Jays news for the whole yeah. season. Yeah. You're going to have plenty to talk about next week with what's going on, too. So just saying. I hope so. I hope it's good <laughs> stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. So to that point, um, you said Semyon. Here's your thing. Um, uh, so I guess it's my pick then. I got to think of who yeah. the hell I'm thinking here. And uh, I have a strange feeling that this road trip is going to be Boba Chet's week. Everybody else has had their monster week. He's been having, like I said, one of the sneaky best seasons in Blue Jay history. <laughs> but to that point, he hasn't had that like, oh, my God, like, you know, like the cheat code week. Right. Yeah. I have a strange feeling that he's going to see what's going on here. And he's ta- he's taken pretty nice home in that cleanup spot, boys. I really think that this could be the week he always rakes. And then remember how much fun he had playing in Dodger Stadium. I'm yeah. wondering if the West Coast road trip uh, continues for uh, Boba Shot. Nice. And I tend to agree with you. They have to plant the flag for the Sears wins this week. And the more of those they can get, I think tomorrow's a lockdown for them with the way this offense is clicking right now for the home series finale against this Cleveland Indians, soon to be Guardians. <laughs> but yeah, I I think they're gonna probably split the Red Sox series. I think they're gonna come in hot, split the uh doubleheader, and then unfortunately that Sunday game might be the downer. But to that point, we have a pretty solid pitching matchup for us on our side on uh, that doubleheader day. So it wouldn't shock me that that sneaks into a three-win series just because, like I said, we're trucking right now. There, there's really no way of saying it better, I think. This, this is starting to feel like the momentum that we started saving on 2015 season and went on that ridiculous cliff to finish the season. Um, it would not shock me that it continues to go like that. And then the Angels, they have to take three out of four. They have to. Yeah. yeah have no to. excuse. Me too. So to that point, Blue Jays fans, that's pretty much it. Gentlemen, you have anything you would like to add before I do our wonderful plugs and shit here at the end of the show? <laughs> no, <laughs> just win games, get vaccinated. I was just saying, you're not going to yell, get vaccinated like we usually do all yeah. of a sudden at the end of the show. Make it easy. <laughs> it helps everybody. Yes. So to that point, Blue Jays fans, you're welcome to come and join us on these wonderful chats that we have. It's usually on a Wednesday or Thursday evening. We are always at seven o'clock and we will do our best to tell you next week. We're shooting for Thursday unless we get a weird curveball. and We all of a sudden have to do it. Hopefully we keep to get pouring on runs and destroying Cleveland like we're doing right now. Don't forget to look up our friends on stadium.tv and also, you know, us obviously on stadium.tv. If you would like to enjoy this wonderful Twitter view again here on the live feed, also find us on YouTube, Twitch, and also wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from, whereas you Yahoo, no, not Yahoo. That's not even a thing anymore. Is it (laughs) (laughs) on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, whatever heck you get your podcasting pleasures from. We are always here. Make sure you feedback with us on Twitter. We love to talk with you. That is what this was all founded on, was the fact that we want to interact with more and more Toronto Blue Jays fans. Thank you to everybody that uh, chimed in tonight on the Twitter feed. Plenty of you were in the same mindset, apparently, as us. I didn't have to even die different conversation, so it was good to see everybody, except for the you know, wonderful fun we had with the Austin Martin thing. It was starting to look like that Twitter feed all over again from the day of the trade deadline. But to that point, it was very fun chatting with you all this evening, even while I'm trying to host and chat with all of you at the same time. But Blue Jays fans, find us here. We'll be here every week, and hopefully we get to run, go streaking here to the playoffs. Fellas, you ready to end this like we usually do? Let's do it. Two caps left. Ric Flair. Let's go, Blue Jays. Continue the homestand and one home.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.